Hey guys, it's Amanda from Good Grief Cookie Co. and welcome to Behind the Icing. Today is part two of our pop-ups and pre-sale discussion with Ashley from Promise. I had a lot of people reach out to me last week and say they really enjoyed all the information that Ashley shared and that it was very helpful and I just can't wait to hear what she has to say today about pop-ups. It seems like pop-ups lately have grown in popularity and it's one of those things that either people want to try or maybe are just a bit afraid of how to get started or have tried it and maybe weren't super successful. And hopefully the tips and tricks that you learned today will help you to become successful with your next pop-up. Let's see what Ashley has to say. Hey, Ashley. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> I had a lot of people message me saying that they really enjoyed um, everything you had to share last week, and it was really super helpful. And I think that's great. I think that's exactly you know what we were wanting to accomplish. And I wanted yeah. to thank you again. Thank you for having me. I like sharing the knowledge, sharing <laughs> the wealth. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people are anxious about today's podcast because it, it's kind of one of those things. Um, pop-ups are one of those things that are like gaining a popularity and um, people really want to, you know, try it out. Like people are nervous about it, you know, or maybe even like attempted to have one and it wasn't successful, mm-hmm. me included. <laughs> uh, my very first pop-up I ever did was with a friend and it was, I mean, I sold cookies, but it was not, I would not call it successful. I went home with several cookies and I just ended up tossing them because I didn't, I'm so tired of looking at them at that point. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that happens to everyone once or twice. Right. You learn. Yeah. Um, before we get started with all the pop-ups and all that kind of stuff, I wanted to take a minute just to give you a chance to introduce yourself because I didn't do that last time and I feel <laughs> like people should know you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, my name is Ashley. <laughs> uh, start with the basics. So I started doing cookies um, back in 2015 or 14, 14. I guess the first time I did cookies was right before my daughter was born. Um, But, or when I was pregnant with her, I think, but I had um, done cakes and cupcakes and all that stuff before that was back when like cake boss was a big deal and all of that. And I remember when my husband and I first got married 2009, I remember watching all those shows and being like that's so cool I bet I could do that and then I tried it and it was really hard (laughs) um, (laughs) to do cakes and everything and there were some aspects that I liked and some that I didn't and they're very temperamental if you've ever done cakes you understand Mm -hmm. all of that frustration and then back in 2014 I discovered the cookies and that's when I was like this is what I want to do this is perfect because it takes away all of the like risk of having just one item that can ruin someone's day <laughs> if something goes wrong there's no backup plan if you ruin a cake or if anything like that happens and mm-hmm. um you don't have to worry about a million recipes and fillings and you know different icings and the temperature of where it's going to be and whether or not the buttercream's going to melt and um carving and everything there's just so much less that goes into cookies but it you can really focus on the design and the detail and not so much like the structure Mm-hmm. And that's what I loved about cookies. So as soon as I found like sugar bells on Pinterest, that's how it started. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I tried my first set for my friend. She just found out she was having a baby. Um, and so I had, oh no, that was actually the second set. The 
the very first set was for my friend's, my other friend's 21st birthday. And I told her they're probably not going to be good. I had to ship them to Nebraska. So I was like, they're probably going to come broken, but I just really want to try them. And I don't want to charge anybody money for these <laughs> because I know they're probably not going to turn out great. So I sent her some. Um, and then I had sent some for my friend that had her baby or she just found out she was pregnant. So I surprised her with cookies. I made a couple sets for my brothers for their birthdays. And um, I kind of just did that for a while, just made them as gifts for people before I even attempted to sell any. And then just posting pictures, I got asked a million times if I could sell them. Um, so that's how it all started. I'm sure that's how it happens with most people. You just try it and people right if you can make them so right and I have to say I have to add a little disclaimer here I've seen a photo of your first cookies that you posted <laughs> and you know how everybody posts their photos of their first cookies and they're like we all start somewhere when you posted <laughs> yours I'm like yeah no. <laughs> I know actually started out great <laughs> but what you don't know is that those <laughs> took me all day like I was very very meticulous I sat there with my toothpick forever like I didn't have a scribe yet there were no projectors in my world yet so it was like sitting there meticulously moving everything in the exact same spot. I had so much that um, where the flood poured over and I had to scrape it off. And it was like waiting for it to crust enough that I could scrape it so it wouldn't flood over again. <laughs> it, there, there was some trial and error in there. But I, I studied so much. Sugar Bell's blog is really where I learned a lot because I started kind of before the trend. So there wasn't a lot of knowledge and there were a few people that I found like a year later on Instagram to find for like inspiration and design and stuff, but people weren't sharing their secrets. They weren't really right. to companies where they got anything and there wasn't a lot anyways. There wasn't a lot of custom stuff. So it was kind of just using basic shapes and stuff you get from Walmart and, you know, mm -hmm. just making magic from that. But now there's, there's so much and there's so many resources and, now there's Instagram stories. So everybody shares a lot more knowledge on there, mm -hmm. which I'm appreciative for. And because have shared their knowledge along the way, or I've asked questions to people who I've, I've looked up to that put me in a position to be able to learn more and to share my secrets and all of that too. So that's why I like sharing is because I don't want everyone to struggle the way right. that I did before there even was knowledge or before anybody really was sharing anything. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. Nice to, to help people. Yeah. Not watch everybody struggle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I, I did the same thing. Bit, yeah. <laughs> I did yeah. the same thing when I started, you know, I reached out to a, a cookier and they, you know, were gracious enough to talk to me. And I, I think that's a big, a big help when you're starting out. So I think that's exactly. awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I met you. I'm not sure you were pregnant with Julian. I believe. No, no, no. I started was... following you when you were pregnant with Julian. Yeah. And we I met actually you when met Christopher and Julian were both little babies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, for people who don't know me that well, I, uh, my son is adopted. We, we adopted him uh, officially last year, but we, we got custody of him. Uh, we're his foster parents at two weeks old. So yeah, Christopher and Julian are about what a week apart, right? Yeah. Eight days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they've grown up around, you know, the same time and it's, it's been fun to, to see them, you know, yeah, get bigger <laughs> yeah, exactly. so fast. <laughs> but yeah, I remember all those that. cookies were feeding them. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. My kid, that was like one of his first words. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Julian calls them lookies right now. Oh, lookies. 
Christopher just demands them. He comes over, cookie. Uh huh. <laughs> and icing is just ice. So he'll just put his finger up, ice, ice. Oh. <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was fun getting to re- relive um, some of that stuff. <laughs> My cookie journey. <laughs> right. And your story, if people don't follow you already and saw your five things about me the other day, which I already <laughs> knew all the things, but. I, I'm sure you probably got a million messages asking for more yeah. details. <laughs> yeah. I have people, I've been asked several times to like write a blog post or something about like my whole life story. Cause it's been crazy, but um, yeah, maybe someday. Yeah. It's, it's been a journey, <laughs> but for now you just get a little teaser on the podcast. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sharing that stuff, Ashley. And um, my pleasure. Let's go ahead and talk pop-ups. So last week we talked about the pre-sales in our podcast. So if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go listen to that one first. There's a ton of information and we go in depth a lot on the reasonings behind we do a lot of things that we do that, that work um, or a lot of the decisions that you make the reason behind them and why certain things are better. Um, And I'm going to try and touch on some of that again, but I don't want it to be too repetitive. So um, I will try and cover everything as much as I can, but even if you've done pre-sales, Go back and listen to that one. There's a lot of good stuff on there. And then there's some other bonus podcast um, goodies goodies <laughs> on there. Yes. <laughs> so the first thing that you have to do, same thing with pre-sales, you need to decide if you have time for the pop-up. So around the, the time of the holiday, you need to figure out if you have like a week or so, depending on how many cookies you want to do and how big of a pop-up you want to do. But you want to have, I mean, at least a few days mm-hmm. for prep for the pop-up. <laughs> Sorry, once again, Christopher is my co-host for the day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, You're going to need the time to bake and decorate the cookies, of course, and package them all up. And then you're also going to need that extra day to have the pop-up. And that day, you don't want your kids around, um, ideally. So childcare is more. And then try to get someone that can be home with you, whether that's your husband or a friend or something like that, so that you're not at your home or wherever it is, if it's outside of your home, so that you are not alone just for safety so if you have that time in your schedule and you can make arrangements for your kids and stuff um that's ideal for me when I do them at home I just have my kids at home with me but I have someone there to help and watch them yeah Um, but that's completely up to you but that is something you're you're not going to want to be doing the pop-up and have your kids running around with you also watching them and trying to feed them and all that stuff so right that's one big tip I'd have um so if you've already done a pre-sale or done a few and you're pretty comfortable with it and you know kind of what your customer base is and an idea of how many to sell, um, then a pop-up might be right for you. You might be, might be the right time for you to try one. The very first thing you need to do though, same thing with pre-sales, check your cottage food laws because if you're not legally able to do a pop-up um, or to do one outside of your home, then that's something that you're going to want to consider. And if you can't do one in your home, maybe you're in an apartment or something like that, um, or you don't want to do it in your home and you can't legally do an outside of your home, then you'd probably have to stick to pre-sales. Um, if you're pretty confident that you can sell enough that it's going to be worth your time, then it might be a good idea. Another thing for me, and the reason that I do pop up so much is because I love the flexibility and mm-hmm. the ability, the ability to just do whatever I want. And if I have a last minute design, I can throw it in there. If I find some cute packaging, I can have a new last minute idea. I don't have to plan super far in advance. Um, And that's one thing that's a big bonus for me. And if something comes up 
you're not dedicated to having to fill all of the orders of a pre-sale. So you can make as much or as little as you want. You can have a small pop-up. You can plan for a big one. And then if something comes up, just have a small pop-up and, and yeah. that's fine too. You're just not committed, which is what I like. I have a hard time with commitment when it comes to doing the, <laughs> the pop-ups and pre-sales and stuff. Um, and then if you, like I said, if you don't know if you're going to have time that week, you can plan for a pop-up. Just maybe announce on your social media that you're thinking about having a pop-up. Is there any interest? And then um, if you don't have time, then you can cancel it. And they're not canceling a ton of orders, mm-hmm. which I like for the pre-sales. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to decide when you want to have your pop-up. So what I like to do is two or three days before the holiday. So whichever holiday it is or whether it's um, teacher appreciation or something like that, you want to give a a few days ahead of time. But again, not so far ahead that your cookies are going to be stale by the time that they are eaten. Um, the day before the holiday is never a good idea. We touched on this again. People are busy the day before the holiday. Even, I mean, the bigger holidays, especially people are running to get the, the food to make for Easter dinner, or they're getting the last minute costume stuff or, um, running or having parties on those days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so just try to avoid the day before. And then if you're going to do a weekend, try to do the sun- Sundays after 4 p.m. Because Fridays and Saturdays, there's all the, the baby showers, the weddings, the bridal showers, church, um, sports, all of that. So you want to avoid those. I like to do weekday evenings after about 5 p.m. That's worked out really well for me. I did one that was a Sunday afternoon, this last pop-up. And I just think it was a little bit too early in the day. Um so it was, I mean, it was as successful as my other ones, but I was out of business. So I expected it to be a little bit bigger. Um, the issue that I had was that the business opened at 11. So I did my pop-up opening at 11 because I didn't want there to be a line forming while I was setting up and everything. So next time, if I do a pop-up at that location, I would just do it in the evening and just set up while people are there because yeah. I just think that Sundays before 4 p.m. just people are busy. There's stuff going on. And yeah, you know, some people are sleeping in. <laughs> um, so yeah. So you brought up some good points about not having um, the pop up, right? Like the day before a holiday, which is a good point. I, I would think the closer to a holiday, the better. But you made a lot of really good points that you know, people are busy on those days. And, yeah. you know, people might be having, you know, early holiday parties or, you know, different mm-hmm. things like that, that would conflict with it. And it, it makes more sense to have it. Um, a little bit further away from the holiday than, than right before. Yeah. Uh, even like for big holidays, like Christmas or Thanksgiving travel holidays. Um, those are the day, the times I try to do maybe even like three days oh. before because people travel a lot and you want to oh, yeah. have them get their stuff before they go out of town. So yeah. Yeah. It's a good like point. two days before is fine. Yeah. Now that's when, when you should have your pop-up, but where should you have it? Where would be some options? That's another big question that people have. Yeah, so I've only ever done them in my home, and this last one I did was my first one out of business, and a lot of people do porch pop-ups, so there's a lot that goes into deciding which one's right for you and which ones are even options at all, so I like doing them in my home because it's easy. I don't have to worry about cottage food laws um, as far as labeling and stuff like that, Um, but I also like it because it's a quick setup, quick quick teardown. I don't have to take everything somewhere else, Um, Right. but if you want to have it in your home, you have to be mindful of safety. And this is something where if you have anybody else living with you or your husband, you have to have that conversation and see if it's something that 
everyone's okay with. And if it's, if you feel okay with the people have people being in your home, um, mm-hmm. I know privacy is a big deal for people and obviously the safety as well. Um, but privacy alone, I think is a big thing. A lot of people just don't want somebody else or a bunch of people <laughs> in their home. And I do mine just in like the very entrance of my home. So people come in, we have a, a pretty wide walkway or wide enough. Um, so people aren't coming all the way in and, and seeing my entire house, but um, people are still coming in your house. So you still have to decide whether or not you even want that. Um, and then, like I said, that the safety is a big thing. You need to know whether or not you're willing to risk that. And if you're um, like for us, we have a security system. We have a lot of cameras. So I feel okay um, doing that. But obviously there are still some concerns, but I feel safe enough doing it. Um, and if you don't want people in your house, you can always do the porch pop-ups. And I've never done these. Um, this is where it gets tricky, though. Amanda and I have talked about this. Where we live, we don't feel safe doing that for no. the most part. Um, it's it's not that we live in bad areas. It's just it, there's there's crime around here. It's not a small, safe town where you know everybody. Not um, everybody's as honest as Exactly. And there's people that could take advantage of it. Um, Right. So if you do do a porch pop up, you can do a couple different modes of payments, which we'll talk about later. Um, The only thing with that is I would say if you can avoid doing a cash option, I would suggest doing not doing a cash option. Um, But that's up to you. That's those are ideal for small pop ups. Say um, you had their shark week and you wanted to do just an assortment of shark cookies. It's not so much for a really big pop up but you have enough to like fill your entrance way with some, some cute options, some minis and all that stuff. That's, I think a good time for a porch pop-up. Um, and then now just to, to clarify a porch pop-up is when you set up like a display on your porch and it's kind of yeah. like a self-serve. Yeah, exactly. So you, as the person running the porch pop-up, you wouldn't have to be out there taking payments and all of that. So you would have your setup and you would have directions for people um, for how to pay and then they would grab what they want. You trust them to make that payment and then to take the right amount of stuff and then they leave. So it's, it's just self-serve. Um, and theoretically you could be out there too, if you wanted to do one. I know somebody, can't remember who it was. I've seen somebody who's like set up a table or done one in their garage. If you don't mm-hmm. want people in your house and that's an option too, where you can be present um, if you don't trust people but you don't have to have people inside of your home. So that's kind of like a, a mix of the two. Yeah. I, I did a, on, uh, for 4th of July, I did like a really, really small, uh, pop-up in my front yard. I just put up my little canopy, my one table, and I just did a very small amount of stuff and had my sister unlock them over and help me with the kids. And, um, it was, I was done within not even like 15 minutes. I was done. Yeah. So I, I just, I like doing it at the home. It's, I don't know. There's something about it. It's just comfortable. It's easy. It's a lot faster. It's a lot less Mm -hmm. time out of your day. You're not having to go and set up and do all that stuff. You just load up your car and unload the car. (laughs) Exactly. It's just, it's a lot easier. Um, If you do want to have one at a location, um, the first thing you need to do is look into your cottage food laws and see whether or not you're even able to. Um, For where we're at, we are able to sell at other locations but we have to have a cottage food label. So that says the ingredients. It says that you, that your products are made in a home-based kitchen. You have to have the allergens and your business license number or your cottage food information. So there's, 
Um, it's different depending on where you live. So you just have to look up and see your cottage food laws. That's something that you should familiarize yourself with either way, even if you don't want to do pop-ups or anything like that. Um, just make sure that you know exactly what your cottage food laws are for everything. And in there, there's a lot of information about how to sell outside of your home or if you even can, or if you can have somebody else sell your product and all of that. So, Mm -hmm. um, like I said, where we are, we have to have a cottage food label and that's it. That's the only requirement, but I know some places you're not allowed to sell outside of your home if you're a cottage food business. Mm -hmm. So if you are able to sell outside of your home and that's something that you're interested in, you have to find somewhere to do it. (laughs) And, and that's, um, the part that a lot of people asked me, they had no idea where to begin and, if you have it at a business, do you pay them? Do they pay you? How does that work? So some of the places that I've seen people do pop-ups outside of their home are Williams-Sonoma mm-hmm. is a big one. Um, I'm not sure how that works. I've never done it. Um, they're the biggest business I've ever seen people do them at. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming it's like everything else. You so you speak with the owner um, and see how all that works. I just can't specifically speak on them because I've never done one there. So I don't know if you, you pay or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did mine at a boutique here. It's just a, a clothing boutique with a, a good social media following and their customer base is similar to my customer base. Um, I mean, a little bit on the younger side, cause it is like a boutique, but it's a similar customer base, which is something that you kind of want to look for because you want your customers and their customers to overlap. So it's mutually beneficial for both businesses. Right. Yeah. So um, other options would be salons. If you have a church that is willing to let you do one there, that's always a good option too. It's obviously <laughs> safer. Um, coffee shops or just any other small business. If you know mm-hmm. somebody that owns a small business that might want people in their business that have never been in there, um, talk to them and let them know that you would promote their business on social media. It doesn't have to be anything major, but just to to tag their business in your posts and you know, hype them up a little bit, show some pictures. Um, when I did mine at this boutique before I left, I mean, I was going to shop anyways, because I like shopping. But you know, I grabbed a sweater, I shared that on social media, I brought them some thank you cookies. Um, you just you want to entice them with the allure that you have customers that sorry, <laughs> that Christopher, <laughs> Christopher and was chiming in right there. That's okay. You know, we all have them. But... <laughs> Um, but you want it to be beneficial for both of you if you can. Um, and then a lot of people were saying the payment thing, that's something that you have to talk to the owner about. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, each owner and each business will have a different opinion on that, but as long as you make it very clear that you're both going to benefit, I would assume that most businesses wouldn't ask for payment because they're also getting foot traffic and some promotion. Um, and especially if you have a decent social media following, you want to let them know that, that you have a lot of people that will be seeing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Make it worth, make it, make them see that it's worth their while to have you there. Exactly. But I, I can't say for sure whether or not a a place is going to make you pay, but ask around. And if some place does try and ask around and find a place that doesn't or decide whether or not it's worth it for you to have that location, um, wherever you end up though, make sure that they have Wi-Fi so you can use um, your card readers and stuff like that. If they don't have Wi-Fi, you're going to have issues, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's 20, almost 2020. Just about everybody has Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah. So that's how you would choose where to have it. 
you can have it in your home, you can have the porch pop up or kind of a combination of the two, like we talked about doing it outside of your house um, and then doing it as out of business. So awesome. Yeah. I think the number one question that you and I both got about pop-ups and pre-sales together um, was what designs you should sell. That's, that's the number one thing people want to know, like what's going to be a good seller. Yeah. Um, The main thing with, with pop-ups versus pre-sales is that you can have more options. Whereas pre-sales, you want to narrow it down to the best of the best and have like one of each option kind of as far as sizing options sizing options, excuse me. Um, but for the pop-ups, you have more room to play. <laughs> you can do a lot more, but you still want to try and keep your color scheme fairly consistent and keep that in mind that you don't want to be mixing a million bags of icing. So right, it's not usually too terribly hard when it's for a holiday because holidays tend to have color schemes of their own already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you want to do a variety of sizes and options. You want to do, if you're doing the individual cookies, I stick to about four inch cookies for minis. Um, I do maybe six or eight minis in a cute container because that makes a really good gift. And mm-hmm. I always try to have some kind of option that's like a duo or a trio. And again, those ones are going to be kind of the gift options. And mm-hmm. I found at my pop-ups that the individual cookies tend to be the ones that people kind of snack on or they, they give them to their kids in something else. Like maybe they're putting that in a Easter basket or in the stocking or something. So those ones for me, I don't package those um, in in a bag with the bow and all of that stuff. So I can do a lot more of those because I'm not taking that extra time to put a bow on everything. I just heat seal it and call it good. So I do a mm-hmm. lot of individual cookies. And then as far as the, the minis and all of that, this is when I get creative with the packaging. And I go out and I try and find as much of the really cute stuff as I can find the cute mason jars and buckets and baskets and all of that um and that's my favorite thing about doing the pop-ups is because I can find however much of whatever I can find locally and I can make that amount and I'm not stuck with the pre-sales where maybe you only found 30 or 40 of something and now you can only take 30 or 40 orders of that right and I that's one thing I just I really love the packaging of pre-sales and all the or the the pop-ups super cute um mini sets and stuff um paint your own cookies are always super popular for Mm -hmm. me those sell immediately I I don't even do them every time because they're almost an afterthought for me but I I don't know why because they they're like a guaranteed sell they always sell out they sell out immediately um but with those make sure that you have a plan for the paint palette so whether you're baking another cookie to put the paint palette on or you buy the paint palettes ahead of time um and then you can get the paint brushes on Amazon. It's where I get mine most of the time and then have a tag on it for directions. Super easy. And then you want to try to accommodate everybody and be inclusive and try and kind of have an option for everybody. So your mom, your kids' teachers, your husband, your neighbor, whomever, think of everybody in your life and make sure that you have an option that would work for everybody. So the issue that I've had personally is around Valentine's Day. I tend to get stuck in one mindset and then I don't think about the fact that maybe somebody's getting a Valentine for their mom. <laughs> you know, I stick right. to kids and husbands and wives and stuff. Um, but you really want to, for every holiday and every pop-up that you do, except for teacher appreciation, they're going to teachers. <laughs> oh, it's pretty um, basic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, you know, back to school. But for everything else, you want to try and make sure that there's something that 
would be appropriate for everybody that it just covers person that anybody would need to get a gift for. Um, and we talked about this last time about the winter pre-sales. Either way, you want to avoid doing exclusively Christmas designs just so that if people don't celebrate, you have an option that's maybe a happy holidays option <laughs> or um, something that's just maybe cold weather. Maybe it's just like some boots and a um, mittens and a hat or something like that. Something mm-hmm. that's, Or snowmen. That's a good option. Some, you just don't want every single thing to be Christmas, 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 Christmas. Right. Because you want to be inclusive. Right. Yeah. And then if you have something with skin tones, this is something um, I think Sugar and Spoon is the person that, in my mind, I've noticed has kind of always stuck to this. She does this trio of Santas, and they're three different skin tones, and she has done it for years, and I I love it. I love that it's inclusive, and it has something for everybody. Oh, wow. it's another one I've never thought about. Yeah. And if nothing else, just do maybe like a, a medium thing where you're at, of course, but... um but I think that that's something to keep in mind too. Um, and then as, start, as far as flavors go, you want to stick to no more than two flavors so that you're not having to mix the same icing colors and multiple flavors. It'll make your life easy. Um, but you can do more than one flavor. You can do several flavors. You can do all kinds of stuff. You can throw in chocolate chip cookies and macarons and brownies and top. Whatever you can throw in grandma's special recipe for whatever. Um, and that's another thing that's nice about pop-ups is you're not limited to having just your decorated cookies mm-hmm. um, because you, at least where we're at, you don't have to have your cottage food labels. So you don't have to make a million labels for every single thing. Mm-hmm. So that's when I like to to throw in all those extra goodies that are just like grab and go kind of treats. And not to be like, <clears throat> you know, whatever about it, but it, it is quick money whenever you can do like a quick little I, yes. I did that with um, the 4th of July pop-up thing that I did. I did little three packs of chocolate chip cookies. I just yes. packaged them up, put a little bow on it, and it was easy grab and snack for them. And yep. it was, you know, just and a quick way. And you don't have to way. decorate it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or if you do, it's usually something that's faster to decorate. Um, yeah. The chocolate-covered Oreos or something I've seen a lot of people do too, but – that's when you can really have a, a big variety of stuff. So if you have other stuff you specialize in, <laughs> um, you can throw all that in there as well. Yeah. So you narrow down your designs and you know what you want to make, but how do you decide how many you want to make? So for the smaller holidays, obviously you're going to do less, like teacher appreciation, Mother's Day, Father's Day, back to school. You're going to make less than you would for the big cookie holidays, like Valentine's, Easter, and Christmas. Those ones I usually sell a lot because – you're buying those people are buying gifts for several people, several people in their lives, and not just for their two kids as teachers or just for their mom and their mother in law or something like that. So those ones tend to be a lot bigger of pop ups for me and more successful. Um, what I would suggest doing if you've never done a pop up is to start with the amount of money that you would make in a week doing custom orders and do that value of inventory for the pop up um, and if it all sells out, then you didn't lose any money <laughs> that you would have made if you were doing custom orders that week. Uh, but it's just a good guideline. You know that you can get that many orders done in a week or, you know, in in however long it would take you. Um, and it's just kind of a good baseline to start with. If you feel like you're having a lot of interest and you're getting um, a lot of 
conversation on Instagram with your customers where you think that you're really going to sell out or that things are certain things are more popular or there's more interest in those things then you can Mm -hmm. make more of those and less of the stuff that you're not getting as much feedback on yeah yeah and then for packaging um that you're gonna need for your pop-up so I used to have bows like I talked on this earlier I used to have bows on every individual cookie and I just found that people were eating those right when they got home I'd see on insta stories people would go home and eat those right away or give those ones to their kids right away and they'd save the other bigger options for gifts so Mm -hmm. now I just do my individual cookies in the cellophane bags and that's a good point yeah Yeah, it's a good point because you (laughs) yeah you you feel like you know you want your cookies to all look really cute and you you know you imagine that they're gifting them to people but yeah when it's an individual cookie like that typically you see them just munch on (laughs) yeah exactly that's like what they eat on the way home (laughs) and then at least in my experience everybody that seems to come to the pop-ups they'll get the gifts and stuff, but they get a cookie or two for themselves too. So Mm -hmm. that's, that tends to be what those ones are. Um, So I just, I don't take that extra time. And another thing is if you're putting a bow on everything, you also have to charge the customer for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a good way to just keep your cost a little bit lower. Um, And time. Exactly. It takes so much time to tie all those bows. Yes. The worst part. (laughs) Um, And then for the duos and the trios, I usually, um, I always fill them in a cellophane bag because you don't know how long it'll be before they're gifting them to someone. Maybe they're not going to see them until school starts again or something like that. Maybe it's for the teachers. Um, so you want to always seal them in the cellophane bags if it's a gift option like that. And then I either do the the clear boxes from clearbags.com or the BRP paper boxes. But, I mean, you don't have to get them from there. But something that's in a box, have some shred um, or like a paper insert. A lot of people are doing those, which is super mm-hmm. cute. Um, and then just do a bow on those. If you have a business card, you can throw those in there. I like to try and throw a business card or put a stamp on anything that will be a gift so that people mm-hmm. know where it came from. Um, and the minis end up in whatever cute packaging I find. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a lot of people have been doing the cute paper cups lately and coffee cups, um, buckets, coffee mugs, mason jars. Um, and I try to look around as many places as I can and as early as I can before things sell out for that type of and then yeah and I feel like with minis um you see a lot of people doing minis and some people get really detailed with them really really detailed minis and I think for that like the clear like sleeves would be nice but you in my opinion when you have a really cute container where you're not really necessarily going to see what's inside until you open it you can do just a fairly simple mini That's going to save you time. It's still cute, but you know, you can, the packaging is so cute that you can get away with doing a a simpler cookie. Exactly. Do a simple cookie and have it well executed and the packaging alone makes it extra special. Mm -hmm. I saw somebody and I'll have to look up who it was. I I screenshotted it because I thought it was such a cute idea. They just took like little circles and just dipped them in icing and put those in a really cute container and sold them as, oh gosh, I wish I could remember what it was called, like cookie nibbles or something like that. Like it had a yeah. cutesy name and it was really yeah. just something for somebody to take and gift or to nibble on, you yes. know. And I was like, that's such a genius idea. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to do the marble cookie dip. Like mm-hmm. I did the Easter eggs. It's just several colors. You do the dip and you put some cute sprinkles on and they're cute and easy and they still have some kind of wow factor, but you're not sitting there decorating tedious details on them. Right. And then let the packaging speak. 
And then for any other packaging that's not like the cute stuff you find locally, you just have to order it far enough ahead of time that you have it before the pop-up. And then make sure you have a lot of extra cellophane bags. Um, I get mine from papermart.com. I usually get four by six, five by eight, and three by 11, which is what I use for the tubes of minis if I do those. And there's room at the top for a bow. Mm -hmm. Now I did pull it up right here. It was Cub and Cuppy. Oh, okay. Who did that with her little, yeah. And she just put them in a clear box with a bow. And it's super simple cookies, just a little like circle of icing on the top. And it's just Mm -hmm. super adorable. Um, Also, you said you got your, you get your clear about your bags from clear bags, you said? Sorry. Yeah, Paper Mart. Paper Mart. Well, I was going to add in there. If you're in a bind, you can also find some at Hobby Lobby. Oh, Yeah. I've gotten some on Amazon too. Um, mm-hmm. but I usually were, order mine on Amazon. Yeah, they were a bit more expensive. And the ones that I could find for the price that I thought was fair, they were actually the ones that were the self-sealing ones, which I mm. thought at the time, oh, this is so handy. I'm so glad I got these. And then I started doing them. And the little piece you peel off is staticky. So you cannot get yes. it off of your hand. And it's so frustrating. <laughs> it was driving me crazy. Plus, if you get the self-sealing ones, then you can't tie them with a bow. So keep that right. in mind, too. Just right. a random little fact in there. <laughs> um, for the the packaging and the labeling, like I said, you want to check your co- cottage food laws. And if you're having your pop-up outside your home or whichever, and your cottage food laws do require for you to have that label, if you're always going to stick to the same recipe, um, a stamp is a good idea. It's pretty much like a one-time fee. They're about $20 for a decent sized one um, to have a custom stamp made. And I use the Stazon brand ink. I think I got mine on Amazon, Um, but I love that ink because you can stamp straight onto glass or plastic or cellophane or whatever it is. So it's easy to stamp just about anything that you're going to have your packaging or have for your packaging. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that I've done is I've done stickers in the past, but you have to order them ahead of time or print them yourself. And then the Avery labels, they have a clear address label option that they sell it actually at Target. Um, For me, at least I got it in stores at Target. Um, And you can print right on those. And that's nice because it's fairly small. Um, And you can print whatever you want, which is nice if you happen to switch your recipe a lot or something like that. Mm -hmm. So whenever I did a pop-up with you um, for Easter, I was not prepared. I was not prepared to, I learned a lot. (laughs) I learned a lot from doing that pop-up with you. And one of the coolest things I think that, that I learned there was how you do your payments. Um, Do you want to kind of, kind of touch on that subject? Yeah. So when I do my (laughs) pop-ups, whether it's the one that I did, the ones I've done in my house or at the boutique that I did it at, I like to have a couple different options for payment. So I do a cash option, um, a card, or you can scan the Venmo or PayPal QR codes. And mm-hmm. I had seen somebody do a porch pop-up and they had shown that they printed the QR code to their, I think it was their Venmo, Venmo or PayPal, one of the two, but they printed their their QR code with the instructions for their customers mm-hmm. of how to pay using it. And I thought that was genius because yeah, the people aren't having to go into different <laughs> into the different <laughs> apps and search the username and hope that it's the right person and all that. They can add up their total, scan the code, follow the directions on it, and pay you and leave. And 
even though I've never done the porch pop-ups, I like having that option even when I'm in my home or when I did that one at the boutique because a lot of people are in a hurry. So everybody has yeah. to come at once and they're, they have all their stuff and then you're trying to rush to check everybody out and that part takes a little bit of time. Um, so I wanted to have an option that if people were in a hurry, they could just add up their total, scan it and leave and they didn't have to mm-hmm. wait that long line. So Right. Yeah. It was super fast and super easy. They could just scan it and then just flash the phone that shows that they paid and then they were off. Exactly. And the QR codes, you can find them in the Venmo and PayPal apps. I'm not sure um, if like Cash App or anything like those, those other payment options. Have it. I just only mm-hmm. have those two. Um, but yeah. this is a way to go in there and find your QR code. I just screenshotted it on my phone cropped it and then put it in a word document where I put the directions below it and to get the directions mm-hmm. all I did was I went into the app as if I were a customer where it's um, like calculate your total then you go into the app you're going to click it on whichever button and scan the directions are different for different apps but go in as if you're the customer and follow the directions of what you would be clicking and typing in and all of that um, and it, it's pretty simple it's just a few directions um, I am going to have the printable downloadable version of this whole podcast on um, my Etsy just like I did for the pre-sale one a lot of people found it handy to have something that they could reference back to quickly um, and on there I have screenshots or I have an image in there of my two printouts so you could look at that and copy exactly what it says because the directions would be the same but yeah, I think that was so cool that you did that too. too yeah and like I said, that wasn't my idea. I found, <laughs> I saw someone else did that, and I just thought it was genius to implement in any pop-up. And then for cash option, I do, um, I do have a cash box with a lock and key. And in there, I also keep a receipt book, which I just got mine at the Dollar Tree in the office section, and a pen. And I've only ever had to use that one time when I did um, a booth at a craft fair, and someone needed an itemized receipt for a cash purchase because they were buying um, on behalf of somebody else and they, for their job, they had to have that cash receipt. So Mm -hmm. I keep it in there. It costs a dollar. So it's not like it's a big investment you don't have to have a cash box, but um, it's nice because it's more professional. It keeps everything together. You're not fumbling through a bunch of money in an envelope or something like that. And then if you are, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And if you are at a business and say you're setting up or taking down all of your stuff, you can lock that lockbox, which I like. I mean, they mm-hmm. can still take it, but <laughs> um, but just one little extra measure of security with the option to be able to lock up your money. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the card reader, so I actually have, um, it's called PayPal here. So it, it runs everything through your PayPal account, which I like because it keeps all my finances in one spot um, for the most part. And unless people do use the Venmo scan QR code thing. Um, but for the PayPal here card reader, um, I have the smallest version that they have. You can just go on the PayPal website and they have a little section on there for it and you order it and it's linked automatically to your site. Um, and I think I have the like $20 one. I don't even remember paying for mine. So I don't know if it used to be free. I think it used Mm -hmm. to be. And now there's different options where you can get the ones with Bluetooth and all of that stuff where you don't have to have it mm-hmm. plugged in. But mine just used to plug into my phone, but now I have the iPhone that doesn't have the auxiliary plug-in. So um, I have a little piece that connects that came with my phone um, that I could use, but I actually use it on my iPad now. And it has the auxiliary plug-in, so that part's easy. And I have the PayPal Here app. I have it on my phone and on my tablet. And 
in there, you can make a catalog of all of your stuff. So the day before my pop-ups, I go through and I, you can put pictures in there and prices and stuff. And I take a picture of every item where it's like a good close-up picture. So if I'm scrolling through, I see exactly what it is. Um, And anything that's the same price, I put in the same group. So it'll be like individual cookies. It'll have a picture of one and it'll say $5 or whatever. And the customer Mm -hmm. never sees the catalog. So that part doesn't, it doesn't matter what it looks like, but it's easy for comes up to check out. You can go through and put two jars, two boxes, four of these and a bag of chocolate chip cookies. This will be in there. So it just automatically calculates your total. You hit pay now and you scan the card. Super easy. Mm -hmm. And the money goes straight into your PayPal. There's an option on there for them to sign. I have mine set so they only sign if it's over $50. Um, But they sign and they can have the receipt texted to them or emailed to them. But it's pretty fast. It seems fairly professional. Um, And it works for me. I haven't done the... What's the square that everybody does? I haven't tried that. I have square. Yeah. yeah. I have square. I have a card reader and it's the same thing. It's, it's got the older, you know, the plug, but I have the adapter for my phone mm-hmm. um, to be able to use it. And I, I use the square app on my phone. Also, um, I can send invoices and things like that. So I, yeah. I do square, PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, <laughs> everything, <laughs> change, however you want to pay me, <laughs> except for checks. I don't do checks anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just nice. It's, for sure, if you can, try to have a card reader. Um, most people don't have cash on hand. Um, right. So that, it's just, it's a good idea to have it. But if you don't already have a card reader, just make sure that you order one far enough advance that you're going to get it and be able to set, set it up and be comfortable with it before your pop-up. Um, and have your bank I, account set up with it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And for my PayPal Here app, I have it both on my phone and on my tablet. So that if, say, my tablet dies or something, I keep it plugged in. I bring a charger with me when I do the pop-ups. Um, but if by chance that dies, I have the backup of it being on my phone. And I can just switch over the um, the card reader. And I keep the attachment in my cash box. So it's already there if I need it. Um, the one thing that I just discovered this last time is, at least with the PayPal Here app, this is just a little tidbit, Um you used to be able to go in and change the catalog on your apps and it would change everywhere. So if I changed it on my phone, it would also apply to my tablet. And for some reason this last time it didn't, I had to go onto the catalog on the website of, of the PayPal website and update it. But just a heads up mm. that, cause I had changed it twice. And then the, ne- the next day I went in before the pop-up and I was like, Oh my gosh, all my stuff is gone. It sh- went straight back to all my Easter stuff. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I need this to work. <laughs> I have to pay with card. So just to yeah. that you might have to change the catalog on the website and not just on the app if you have okay. multiple places. Um, but just to save someone else the headache or the confusion that I went through this last time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have now, all kinds of options for payment. Sorry. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> I'm going to jump in all over what you're saying, just like I did last time. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, since we're talking charging and payments and I'm going to bring up the ugly topic of price. What, <laughs> how do you decide what to charge? I think after design, like what design should I do and how many, this is the next thing that people are really, you know, questioning. What do I charge? Well, <laughs> um, there's this quote going around, charge your worth and then add tax. <laughs> and 
Oh, I sent you that you on Pinterest. Did you see it? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, um, it's so true. Charge what you're worth and then make sure you're also throwing in that extra time for your packaging and the cost of the packaging that you're doing and everything. Um, you want this to feel like it's worth your time. You don't want it to be mm-hmm. the, exactly the cost of materials. And if you have extra talent or you've put a lot of extra work into a specific one design, charge more for that. Um, I think people will pay more than you think they will. So it's okay to charge on the high end, especially because these are gift options. So while Mm -hmm. you might be thinking of it as, I don't know if this one cookie with a bow on it is worth this much, they're looking at as, oh, $5 for a teacher gift? Easy. Done. Yes. You know? Yes, absolutely. I will say, I didn't say in the last podcast what I charge for anything. I just kind of breezed over that topic. I will go ahead and say what I charge because I, I get asked all the time. And this isn't anything that's private. I post it on my social media and in my stories. So um, it's just one of those things that like when you start talking price, everyone has an opinion. Exactly. And you just get self-conscious and you, you know. Exactly. There's people that are going to think you're not charging enough and plenty of people that are going to think you're charging too much. <laughs> right. Right. And that's okay. And you can always gauge it for your first pop-up. It's kind of your test anyways. So if people are paying for it and you sell out of something, and you thought it was high end, it obviously wasn't. <laughs> People were buying right. it, you know. So what I do is for the large cookies, I do them without a bow for these, like I said. So I just do five dollars. It's just a cookie in a cellophane bag. Try to keep it fairly detailed, no, but not so detailed that you hate yourself while you're making them, which I made that mistake this last time <laughs> with one of mine. Um, <laughs> the paint your own cookies are gonna depend on whether or not like what your situation is for the paint palette. Um, but make sure you include the cost of the paint palette and that extra cookie, if it's an extra cookie and the, the tag and the, the paintbrush and everything. For me, it'll depend on whether or not it's in a box um, and if it's just in a bag. So somewhere between 6 and $7 is usually a good price for those. For the medium or large duos in a box, you're also going to have to charge for the box, the shred, and the bow. So for those, I do about 10 to $12 for the trios of the same thing about $14 and like I said with these it depends on the detail more than anything because the size Mm -hmm. they're all going to be fairly large cookies but it's going to depend on detail Um, but another thing about these that I like is sometimes I don't know what the pricing is until I'm done and so Mm -hmm. I don't post the prices of what anything is going to be until I have everything completely done and confirmed and in their packaging because sometimes I'll decide that one thing took longer than I thought it would or you know and then you can add on that extra cost and it's not like like, that one is the cost plus pain and suffering exactly (laughs) exactly um and then for four minis in a cellophane bag with a bow like in a tube about eight dollars is usually good for six minis in a cute container if it's like in a mason jar or something like that 10 to 12 is usually a good amount um eight minis 12 to 14 I usually do about two dollars per cookie for the minis depending on detail plus the cost of the packaging um but you know figure it out you you try you'll try stuff and then you'll figure out whether or not things were left over at the end and whether or not you should change the price that way right um yeah so it's it's, it's all trial and error everybody's different if you have someone in your area that does pop-ups or um, pre-sales or something like that and you think that your skill level is similar to them and your style is similar to them um, you can kind of use them as a reference just don't steal their designs <laughs> right right <laughs> sharing then, is caring but not stealing <laughs> yes exactly well especially for 
for me, especially for the pop-ups, I like to wait to even design my stuff until it's closer to when I would be baking because I like to see what everyone else in my area is going to be selling. So I know I'm not selling the same thing as them because it's hard when every shop is releasing cutters and people tend to buy the same ones. Um, So I like to make sure that what I'm doing is different and that even if I bought cutters specifically to use them, if two other, two, three other people in my area are doing that same design, I don't want to do it or I want to do a different version of it. So you have your designs, you have your prices, you're confident, you're, you know, you're ready. And how do you get the word out? How do you find the customers to, to come to your pop-up? Well, one thing, the first thing I ever do is try and find out, I mean, people will always say there's interest. If you put on there, like, are you interested in a pop-up for Easter? People are always going to say yes, but it also lets them know that you're considering it. So I try to do that pretty much after the previous holiday, Mm -hmm. Uh, just get them in that mindset and let them know that maybe something will be coming um, so that they know to anticipate that you might be selling cookies, especially if you're in an area where there's a lot of other bakers. Um, You want them to know that you might have something and you don't want them to go to someone else in the meantime. Right. Uh, So when I make my final announcement for my pop-up, I post it about a week or a week and a half before the pop-up, as soon as I know for sure that I'm going to do it. Um, and like we talked about in the other uh, podcast, you want to post around a meal time. Those tend to be the times that people are checking their phones. So Instagram's algorithms are more likely to show that to your followers mm-hmm. at those times. Um, but again, you want to take that same post and you want to share it on your, your stories and then share it regularly up until the pop-up and again the day before and maybe put a countdown in there people love those and save it mm-hmm. that was an option when I started doing the countdowns and then I started getting the no- notification saying that people were saving the countdown which is cool because then they get alerted when it gets close oh I didn't know that either <laughs> yeah how about that um, pretty cool on that post what I like to add of course is like the business name like for instance for my Halloween one I put crumbs Halloween pop-up it's the biggest thing on there And then you're going to put the date and time. And then I always put or until sold out or something like that. So that if it ends early, people aren't like, well, you said it was going to be until 1 p.m. Right. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, you're going to put the location. If you're you're going to be doing it at. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to be doing it at a business, try and put their logo on there um, and make sure you're tagging them in that post as well. So I put the the business location of where where their business is and I put their their logo I tagged them and I also put a geo tag so what that is is where you can put the location where it pops up underneath of your um, Instagram handle where mm-hmm. they click on it and it'll show it on a map or they can take that to the maps and give them directions so people can go back and reference that and just click right on that and know exactly where it's at and not have awesome. to type in an address and I do that same thing if it's at my house um and it's just one step that makes it more convenient for your customers. And then in the ah! captions, <laughs> I try to try to include kind of what options you'll have and maybe some flavor. So if you're going to have singles and minis and, you know, something like that, just try and put a little, a little teaser. something in there. Yeah. Of what to expect. And if you're going to have anything extra, like maybe, oh, and don't forget this time, I'm going to have my grandma's famous chocolate chip cookies available or, you know, mm-hmm. and then the payment forms that you'll accept, especially if it's your first one, people won't know what to expect. So for me, I don't put all this information every time because most customers have come to every single, 
every single one. But if you've never done one before, you put that you'll accept cards because people will ask you put cash only or whichever it is, but people will ask you. So it's just nice to put it in there ahead of time. And then um, one issue that I've had a lot at every pop-up I've ever done (laughs) is that people will message me and say, Hey, is there any way I could swing by earlier? Or, Oh, I work. Could you hold this for me? I don't think Mm -hmm. I can come at that time. Can you hold it for me? So I try to put on there, sorry, no holds or no holds, no early sales, something because people will always ask, especially friends and family. And those are the people that are hard to say no to, but you don't want to say yes to them and then have your pop-up and half of your stuff is gone before you even start. And I have made the mistake of saying yes to people. And then I try to be accommodating and, you know, help out friends and family or my husband's coworkers have asked and stuff like that. And it's gotten to the point where I just have to be firm and say no and say, I'm sorry. And if people say they can't come, whatever, um, what I like to do is say, I'm so sorry. I wish I could hold some for you, but I have to keep it fair for everybody. Do you have a friend or family member that you could um, have swing by and pick something up for you? And people Mm -hmm. are understanding, but it's just nice to put on there ahead of time. So you, it's less times that you have to say no to people (laughs) if you are on there that you, you won't do early sales. Right. Um, So like I said, you're going to share that on your social media um, and then continue to share it. And then that week while you're doing your cookies, you want to share with pictures or videos or Instagram stories, what you're doing so that people are seeing over and over again, what you're going to have. And it keeps reminding them because if you just post it, that you're going to have your pop-up and then the day before you're like, by the way, I'm going to have my pop-up. People might forget. They might have mm-hmm. already scheduled something in that time or they, you know, they've already decided to go out of town or whatever, but you want to just keep reminding them that it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Oh, and here's what I'm going to have. Cause you want them to, right. it's, it's just nice for them to know what to expect. And then another option you could do is have a small giveaway. We talked about this last time where um, on that post for your cookie pop-up or maybe on a picture where it's just a picture of a cookie that you'll have at your pop-up do a little giveaway and ask your followers to tag their local friends and family um and what I've done before is where if they come to the pop-up whoever is chosen they get ten dollar credit and the person they tagged gets ten dollar credit or something like that Mm -hmm. um Carrie from our town from Bakersfield Carrie Sweet Creations she did something that I thought was really cool so she's done a lot of really cool pop-ups that are not just holiday ones she did one right. a fair theme. She did a Shark Week one, stuff like that. And for the fair one, what she did is she had everybody that came got entered into a giveaway where they, they signed the raffle ticket or whatever. And they were entered into a giveaway for a set of four tickets to the fair, which I thought was so cute because it gets people to yes. actually come and then they get a chance to win something. And then... Who doesn't like a prize? Exactly. Welcome. <laughs> um, you also want to share on your own social media to get your own friends and family to come. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then ask your friends and family to share if that's something that you're comfortable with. Repost it on your own Instagram stories because the stories tend to get more views and more interaction. Um, and then we talked about this again last time about if you choose to pay to boost a post on Facebook or Instagram. I never do. Um, and I've, I, I have before for a couple of things um, and it, it didn't really pan out that well but if you do choose to boost your post you can go on there and you can um, customize your location and your audience so make sure that they're local because you don't want it to be advertising to people that are not even in your area um, and then make sure that it's going to 
what your general audience would be, which for me is like women between 22 to 55 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more specific you are, the more likely those exact pe- people are to follow up. So you're not advertising to people that were probably never interested in the first place or right. weren't even in your area. And then I had a lot of questions about how to decorate. Um, and which I thought was kind of surprising. That was a question I didn't expect to get. Um, yeah, that is surprising. Yeah. So of course it's going to depend on where you're at. Um, but the main thing that I would say is make sure that your business name is shown somewhere. So whether that's a porch pop-up or on your porch, when people walk into your house for a a (laughs) in-home pop-up or (laughs) at a business, you always want to make sure that your business name is somewhere. So I just have a little chalkboard sign that has my business name. And I also just made something that's a little bit bigger for if I'm outside of my home. I saw that. May I ask where you got it? Well, um, I actually, (laughs) it's not what it looks like. So what I did was I had ordered a wall cling, a custom wall cling. um, Mm -hmm. That was the width of poster board. So it's a square sign. um, I think it was 20 inches wide, I think is what poster board was. But I bought black foam uh, poster board. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Super solid. And I actually put the wall cling on there. And then I had cut the bottom part off, but I didn't cut it all the way so that it folds over so it can prop it up a little bit, uh, but it, it can fold all the way in half. But it was just one of those things where it cost me like $20 and it's a pretty big custom sign. Um, I can set it up. I could hang it up if I wanted because it does go flat. But when I'm done, if I decide I don't want that, I can peel that cling back off <laughs> and I could put it somewhere else if I wanted, which is cool. But That's it was so just clever. a cheap option. I was on Vistaprint and I saw that and I was like, um, I'll do that. Why not? Let's see if it works. And it worked out pretty dang well. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't have to cost a lot to do anything um, to show all of this or you don't need to spend a lot of money on decorations or anything. What I like to do is, of course, I do the folding tables. I don't need anything too crazy fancy. I don't have like specific stuff aside from the the ladder rack that I think everybody has from Hobby Lobby. <laughs> um, I know. I want to get one. I still haven't <laughs> got one yet. <laughs> that's like the only thing that I have that I pretty much only use for the pop-ups um, and a couple boxes. But for me, of course, you want it to match the holiday. But what I do is I just go around my house and I pick decorations out. <laughs> I take stuff off my mantle or whatever. And I, I just round stuff up for my house. That's it. And if you don't have anything that matches too much, just throw some flowers on they don't even have to be fresh flowers um but just something so it's not just the cookies on the table um I like to do a lot of kind of like layering and heights and stuff so I have different Mm -hmm. baskets and platters and I have these boxes they were actually wine boxes from Michael's they were on clearance a long time ago I asked about I think people message you all the time about them yeah (laughs) every time I show this people ask where they're from because they fit single cookies so perfectly um but they're just a wine box actually like a wine display crate that I had gotten on clearance um and I have those in the ladder shelf but just have some variation but make sure you have room for everything so what I like to do is like the day before do a little mock setup or as I finish stuff, I package it and then I put it over in my little pop-up area and I try to start arranging it. That way I know that I have room and I know whether or not I need to like pull out an extra table or something like that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that part's not too 
terribly difficult. I do make sure that I label everything as clearly as I can with the prices. I used to do a sign that showed the prices, um, but it kind of seemed more confusing because people might see a paint your own cookie and just think that it's an individual cookie, even though it's a paint your own cookie on the board, right. if that makes sense. So what I like to do now is just go ahead and do the little chalkboard signs or the little chalk labels. And I put mm-hmm. them on or in front of or above every option that it would be a different price. And I try to keep stuff that's similarly priced together. So mm-hmm. all of the like $5 single cookies would be together. And then if by chance I had one design that took me extra time or was extra large or something and that one's $6, I just put that at the end and label or put that one on a platter maybe and put that um, label there. And then I also do, like I said, I hang up those signs where people can scan their QR codes. And at that station, I usually try to put the um, the bags that people can grab and go. So if you have it, for me, it would be off to the side, but somewhere near the beginning of the line, you want to have the bags that people can grab and put their stuff in as they go. Otherwise, by the time people get to the checkout area, their arms are going to be loaded up with stuff and you don't want them dropping their stuff or anything like that. So right. I like to just have those bags available for them to grab. Um, and then have some business cards available near your checkout area. I've, I used to not have much room for the checkout area and I started dedicating a whole table to that because like I said, people have a lot in their hands and they have like, right. You know, mason jars and things that are glass and things that are super fragile and boxes and stuff. So you want to have room for them to set stuff down and feel comfortable and not feel like they're being crowded or rushed or anything like that. And that's where I have my cash box and the business cards and all of that stuff all together. Mm-hmm. And then they, they get what they need. They move down the line. The payment would be towards the end. And awesome. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> now, would you consider giving like little freebies? Oh, yeah, I've done that. Um, This last pop-up I did, I did little coloring pages as a freebie. I know referencing Carrie again from Carrie Sweet Creations, she did um, a little goodie bag for kids. That was cute. It was a little Halloween bag of stuff. I think it even had a mini cookie in there. Um, I also did one time to, it was kind of just to get people to come to the pop-up, but also as a freebie. I had one design that I only had eight of, and I had it for the first eight people got that cookie as oh cute Um, because I just I didn't have that many it was a last minute idea and I had some extra dough and I was just like okay first eight people that come get these as a freebie and yeah and it creates that excitement yeah I did that with minis once too I was at a craft fair and I had just some random minis where none of them really went together it was like just the odds and ends of stuff and I put them all in a bag and on my Instagram stories before it started I had said I'd like shown a little overview of everything I was going to have. And then I said, you know, I have this little, if you've watched till the end, I have this bag of minis. The first person that comes to my booth and says the key phrase, the secret phrase, we'll get this, this bag for free. And um, this girl, right when I opened, she ran up and she was like, pickle with a mustache, which was my favorite. <laughs> was like, Did I get it? Did I get it? I rushed all the way across town. And it was just so funny, but it, like just little, little freebies like that. It makes it fun and exciting and Makes you stand. Yeah, it makes it more than just a regular shopping experience. It makes it fun. Exactly. Yes. So we've gone through everything that you would need to know about doing a pop up and deciding if you're ready. So I wanted to just do one quick breakdown from start to finish of 
what you would do kind of in what order, um, just a summary, basically. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that you have to do, of course, choose your dates and locations, then choose your packaging and your designs. You want to order your cutters and your supplies as soon as you can and go shopping for all the cute local packaging for your minis and stuff like that. Um, Post it on your social media about the pop-up and share it on your own social media. And then during that week while you're, you're decorating and going through that whole process, document it on social media so that people see what you're doing and what you're going to have the day before your pop-up. You want to post a reminder on social media, finish all your packaging, share your pricing information. People will ask throughout the week for me at least constantly, how much mm-hmm. is that going to be? How much is that going to be? And I always just tell them, I'll, show, I'll share it on, social, or on my stories the day before. Um, because like I said, sometimes I don't know until it's done. Um, the day before, you also need to go to the bank and get cash um, if you are going to accept cash. And you don't have to accept cash. I didn't mention this, but you don't have to. Um, but not everybody is comfortable using their card for right. something so personal. Um, and some people just assume that, that you won't have a card reader. So they'll just assume that they need to bring cash. Yeah, exactly. So you want to make sure that you go to the bank and have cash on hand for that part. So what I do is I do $40 in ones and $40 in fives. And that typically covers me. Um, I don't think I've ever had an issue. Actually, I think one person one time paid with like 100 or something. Um, but for the most part, that's going to be plenty fine. Just and you have could some even cash on hand to make change. Yeah, you could even say on there too, no bills larger than 50 or, you know. Yeah. And another thing... Um, as far as the cash option, I personally round all of my my prices to the nearest dollar, usually up, <laughs> um, because you don't want to have to be fumbling through a bunch of quarters and stuff, at least right. in my opinion. I don't like to. I just would rather round it. So that's up to you. But if you need any quarters or any change like that, um, keep that in mind to have that to make change for your customers and have a calculator as well. I don't remember if I mentioned that, but you do need to have a calculator. Um, so it's just slightly more professional than using your phone to add everything up. Right. And especially Um, if you're using your phone for other payments too. Exactly. It can get complicated to bounce back and forth. Um, so that day before you go to the bank, you're going to do a mock setup, especially if you're doing a pop-up at another location, you want to make sure that you know exactly what's going where so that when you get there, you're not guessing and checking. You can just get everything up as quickly as possible, um, so that you can open on time. And then set up your payment apps with the items and the prices and the pictures. And then charge any device that you'll use for payments. And then, like I said, I also bring the chargers with me just in case. But you want to make sure that everything is nice and charged so it doesn't die in the middle of a transaction. Yeah. And then the day of the pop-up, you want to, of course, get ready. Make sure that you look presentable and your home and patio are all cleaned up or cleaned up enough. Um, And then put out a sign that has your business name. And this would be, of course, if it's at your home, if it's at another location and you have an option to put out a sign out front or, you know, in the entrance or something like that, that's a good idea. Um, And then set up, do your whole setup, sorry, do your whole setup. And then you want to show that setup on social media. So I usually go through and do a walkthrough of from walking in exactly where everything is. So for instance, when I did this pop-up at a boutique, um, for Halloween, I had shown this is the front of the business. You walk in here, you're going to turn right and you're going to go through these doors. And then here, this is where you grab a bag. And then these are over here and checkout is over here. So people know 
where to go in and, you know, to grab a bag first. People might not even think of that or even notice that there are bags, um, but it'll just make everything a little bit quicker. And it gives people um, an idea of what they want to get and what to grab in what order. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just, I've heard a lot of feedback from customers that they like that they know where everything will be. Um, and then if it's at your home, make sure that you turn off the TV um, and turn on some appropriate music. We talked about this last time as well. Um, <laughs> just so it's like cozy and inviting. If it's a Christmas pop-up, put on some Christmas music or something like that. But that way there's not Paw Patrol in the background um, or something like that. Um, and then I like to light a candle and just make it cozy. Make sure it smells good in there. <laughs> um, and that it's, like I said, fairly clean. If you have your kids, especially young kids, I mean, older kids, they can just go to their room and do whatever, but the young kids that are going to be running around, make sure that somebody is there to help with that. Um, and it's not a huge deal. It's just kind of more of a safety thing. It's easy right. for a kid to slip out the door right. <laughs> um, when there's people coming in and out or something like that. So I just or snatch a cookie. Them. Exactly. <laughs> just keep them busy um, and make sure your pet is tucked away and out of sight. And then have someone with you. And if you have cameras for safety, um, try to have them facing towards the door if they're an indoor camera or if it's maybe you have the ring doorbell that a lot of people have. Make sure that it's dusted off and has a good view. Um, And then doors, let everyone come in, enjoy your pop-up, make sure that you're being as, you know, conversative and positive and thankful and appreciative as you can so that it feels like a good interaction Mm -hmm. for everybody. Um, And then after it's all done, post on social media a good thank you for your customers. And if you have any leftovers, you can go ahead and post those for sale. In my experience, I haven't had leftovers many times, but when I have, they've always sold when I post Mm -hmm. on social media. And honestly, you probably don't even need to do it at a discounted price because there's a lot of people that just didn't, it wasn't worth it to go out of their way or maybe it didn't fit in their schedule but they still want them. And right. for me, I always get the messages afterwards. Did you happen to have extras, you know? So even if they don't sell at your pop-up, odds are they're probably still going to sell. So it's a good idea to post those. Or if you do have extras that didn't sell um, and maybe you you don't even care to take the time to post them on social media and to arrange pickups and stuff, you can just give those as gifts to your own friends and family or whomever. And then- yeah. Check them off your list. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that was awesome. I mean, I I know I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot doing a pop-up with you. I learned a lot now with you just going through it. And I think we can continue to learn things the more people share how they do exactly. pop-ups and, and different things like that. But I I think it was great. Thank you. I've watched a lot of other people's stuff. It's it's good to like study what other people are doing as well. So you can pick up on little tips and tricks. I know we re- referenced a lot of other decorators in here um, about things that they've done that I've adapted to my own user. Um, th- there's so much that you can do. And every time that I do a pop-up, I add something or change something. So nothing is set in stone and mm-hmm. you'll figure out what works for you and what you're comfortable with. But this is a pretty good guideline of at least what you would need to know to get started or things to at least consider. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you're going to have this um, available for download in the, the typed out version in your Etsy shop, correct? Yeah. 
I think that's great information. It's just easier to reference it. You definitely don't need it, especially if you've done them or whatever. But um, I did put some helpful pictures on here and I included everything that we talked about. So um, yeah. And some people are more visual, you know, they need to see it, you know, and I think you priced it very, very reasonably for all the amount of work that you put into it. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure people appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Save money for my friends, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) My co-host is chiming in over there. He's ready for lunch. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Did you have any uh, uh, listener questions or um, I had... or stories or anything this week? <laughs> Christopher has a question. <laughs> Christopher wants to chime in on some something. <laughs> He'd like to voice a concern. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I've told you guys that I want you to submit your funny stories, your crazy customer stories, just whatever kind of stories you want to share, and I want to share them here because this is about you guys. This is about sharing information, sharing stories, and all of that. So I got a message from Erin at Darling Cookie Co. And she says, hey, Amanda, I wanted to tell you about a funny, cringeworthy story. I recently had a class where it seemed like everything went wrong. I burnt the appetizers, literally flames coming out of my oven, <laughs> which I was dying when I read that. I was like, How does that even happen? <laughs> right? <laughs> I pre-flooded cookies and they all cracked. I forgot boxes and had to turn around and go get them, making them making me late to set up. I had a super emergency bathroom trip that came out of nowhere about five minutes before I had to start class. People were already there. That's bad. Yep. <laughs> the owner of the venue had us move our tables about five minutes into the class. Hashtag awkward. And then to top all of this off, the lights went out and I literally had a whole 90 minutes to teach in the dark. Oh my God. <laughs> my students decorated in the dark by candlelight and their cell phone flashlights. Oh my Miraculously, God. no one complained. I emailed everyone to apologize and offer a refund and no one took me up on it. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. <laughs> well how awesome yeah how awesome that people didn't you know didn't feel like they you know needed a refund (laughs) well let's let's try to think right let's try to think of the bright side what's something that could have gone wrong that didn't (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh but there already was a fire (laughs) there was a fire okay so not that Oh, oh I at least know. you have your health. No, well, you had the the bathroom problem, so not that. Right. <laughs> it's it, it's an um, you it can only go up from there. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Power of positive thinking. Silver lining <laughs> could not be much worse, <laughs> right? You have a class that it, it you already know what can go wrong. Mm-hmm. So if it happens again, been there, done that, right? <laughs> I feel like that's a tricky one because so many of those things are issues that you couldn't prepare for and they'd probably never happen again. Right. Because <laughs> what are you going to do? Or you let's hope. At, every, at, every <laughs> at some point you're like, hey, karma, um, quit following right, me. I, I get it. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> the universe is trying to tell you no classes. It's not your thing. <laughs> no. But I think, I think, you know, it, it speaks volumes that your customers were like, no, it's cool. We get exactly. it. We did, We had a great time. No refund needed. Exactly. Anybody that's taught a class knows that things will go wrong. No matter right. what, without fail, there'll be people that come that didn't 
weren't planning on coming or that you didn't have written down or because they thought they'd paid or whatever or there's like you run out of icing so there's so much that can go wrong during a class that yeah it's just you live and you learn and hope that you have a sense of humor enough to distract your customers (laughs) (laughs) all right well that was a lot of fun and if you guys have not checked out um darling cookie co um go check out her instagram her cookies are beautiful Uh, thank you again, Ashley, for being on the podcast. And thank you. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Our next is Cassie from Cassie's Cookies. Ooh. And we will be talking about Cookie Con and retreats. Oh, I t- totally blinked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, retreats. Cookie Con and she's retreats. She's an expert at retreats. I feel like she's done a billion of them. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I, I don't, they're not super common out here in California, yeah, which I hope, yeah, I hope that'll change. I hope um, they bring some out here. Yeah. Come visit uh, us. We want to do retreats in California. Right. Two teas. Yeah. Can you guys hear us? Are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hashtag bring them to California. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Ashley. And uh, thanks for everybody for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.